the mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. It's Trust Talk on the Mighty 790. Brandon Erickson is with us. And boy, oh boy, I don't think that I've been given a piece of paper with as many phrases I don't understand as what Brandon has <laughs> prepped for us today. So let's start off with this. Brandon, let's tell people who you are and what you do. Hey, I'm Brandon Erickson from O'Keefe uh, O'Brien Leeson Attorneys in Fargo. Uh, I run the estate planning section of the law firm, so I specialize in drafting trusts for clients. Um, that's what I prefer to do, and I also do probate and some general litigation as well, too. So okay, so, so you to, prefer uh, to do things before something happens. Yes, I would. I would love to keep your family from suing each other and oh, keep your family you together at Christmas. Yeah. So were you the guy who did like the great planning on a map? If you're going to drive somewhere and you're like, all right, well, this is where we're going, and this is the first stop for the bathroom, and we're going to have, uh, you know, ice cold Coca Cola here, and we're going to do this. Is like, was that you? I, the I will planner? say, my, yeah, I do plan out our vacations when my family goes out. <laughs> yeah, I have every day planned out. Out and we're going here and here and stuff. It's good. So, you should have someone yeah. in your life who's yeah. the really good planner and yeah. can look to the future. Yeah, we throw in a beach day, so I'll, I'll cut back on those days sometimes. Oh, there you so. go. <laughs> um, let's talk about life estate. Yep. Okay, so w- what is life estate? So basically what we're talking about today is your real estate, which is really important here in North Dakota okay. and Minnesota too, about how to protect your real estate, your real property, from losing it to what a lot of people call the nursing home tax, uh, nursing home recovery, but really it's Medicaid recovery. If you go into a nursing home and Medicaid pays for services, Medicaid will come back and recover against your estate or your property that you owned at your death. And I suppose I can't just do something like the day before I go into uh, yeah. assisted care. I can't be like, oh, here, here you go, Amy. Here's everything. Yeah. No, that definitely will not work. So there's always a five-year look-back period for Medicaid pretty much in every state. Uh, especially North Dakota, where if you do any transfers like that, trying to avoid Medicaid or the nursing home recovery, Medicaid recovery, uh, they'll penalize you uh, for the amount that you gave away and deem you unqualified for Medicaid for that amount of time you could have paid for. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so you know, if you go into like a long-term care facility, especially a memory care facility, which is really expensive, you theoretically try to find a way to pay for those services out of your own pocket through family or loans or going to debt or something like that. So, so when someone uses like the term Medicaid trust, mm-hmm. is that really something else? I mean, is that just the the street term for it? Yeah, that's the street term for it, kind of. But it's, it's a there's a couple of different ones um, which I would talk about with a client in person, which one's suitable. But in the gist of it, what of it is, is protecting your assets. A Medicaid asset protection trust. It's protecting your assets from Medicaid recovery. And I find in North Dakota, it's really important here from the farmers, the people that own land who are maybe land rich and cash poor, um, and the family loses that family farm to that nursing home recovery program. So I imagine it's incredibly difficult as well, too, because if you've got multiple children, mm-hmm. right, and so yeah. you're trying to kind of piece this thing together and figure out what's the best yeah. While at the same time saying, I need to also look out for my personal care. Right. Yeah. And so that's a big issue because you want to keep taking care of yourself, you and your spouse or whatever you have going on. But I want to plan for my children. How can I make sure and get that to them uh, and continue that family legacy, especially, you know, like our farm was fa- farmsteaded in 1883. It's really important that things like that go on to people. And it's unfortunate that, you know, if something wasn't planned correctly, you can lose it to a government service program. 
Um, especially as a state sitting on a huge surplus out there. So any legislators listening, give me a call. <laughs> can I get to some of the questions that are coming in in our text club? Yeah, I figured this would be a hot one. Okay, yeah, yeah you can text in now to 35270. Um, the first question we have is, I have landed my name, sister in will, but will, but can I add her as an owner on part of the land by just adding her or would that affect anything with financial issues? Um, you know, this is really a case-by-case business uh, or, or case. Um but yeah, you can always add somebody to the land, but what that does is now they're a part owner of that land. So if they've got creditor issues, they can give that land to who, who they want to, they can sell that land. Um, you know, if they go through a hard time and declare bankruptcy, that land can be subject to that bankruptcy. So there's a lot better ways than just putting somebody on as a joint owner of the land with you than just saying, Hey, and then also you're theoretically, if you don't do it for value, you're gifting away that land, which you know, talk to a CPA, but that can be subject to a gift tax on your end. So Okay. Yeah. So so there are better ways to do it. Yeah, there's much better ways to do that. You know, you might want to think about doing like a family partnership, a family business, um, you know, and, and there's things like a life estate or put it in your trust. And, you know, we can talk about doing a little bit more of a complex trust to make sure she gets it. Uh, how about Medicaid ac- asset protection in Minnesota? Uh, so Minnesota is a little different. Um, they got their own complex rules. You know, a lot of people, like North Dakota, you hear life estates a lot. Minnesota, those typically do not work. But um, there was just a case that came out last year that talks about irrevocable trusts do protect from Medicaid asset recovery. Um, And it's a, you know, come in and I can talk and explain that case to you. But the courts basically say, if you don't control this asset at your death and you made that five-year look-back period, it's not recoverable from Medicaid, typically. So, okay. Yeah. So, you know, and again, this is all very specialized case by case that we need to sit down and take some time and talk about each scenario. So, Well, clearly, like, the amount of assets, it's, you know, someone's mm-hmm. like, well, I've got farmland here, but I also have a series of storage units in another yeah. state, and I've got this, and I've got this, and yeah. so each one can are be very different. varied, right? Yeah, each, each, each one is varied. And then it also, you know, we're talking about real estate, but if you've got cash on hand or something like that, and you can pay for your nursing home or your long-term care, you're going to have to use that cash first. But, you know, there are ways to do that, and, you know, then it goes to the dilemma of, you know, government services versus paying for your own and what you want to do with that, too, so... Okay, so let's talk about life estates versus the the trust side of things. Okay, so pros and cons on both sides? Yeah, so the life estate more applies in North Dakota. That's one of the few states that still allows a life estate to be exempt from Medicaid recovery. Um, But it's just a rule of health services and human services of North Dakota, so that rule can change at any time. Uh, One thing that's popular, it's easy to do. It's just a deed where basically I give you my land, but I get it for the rest of my life. So at my death, you'll get it automatically, J.J., um, with a Medicaid asset protection trust, it goes into your trust and it becomes kind of an irrevocable document. Then there's a little more thought out in, in scenarios of, you know, what happens if you pass away before I do? You know, what happens if you hit creditor issues? What happens if I put mortgages and liens on the property? Um, you know, how can these be better protected than maybe just a simple one page uh, deed that you know, doesn't account for a lot of what if scenarios? So let's say like in a life estate situation. So I think I'm set and I'm good to go. But it turns out the EPA mm-hmm. looks into the land for whatever purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Or, um, gosh, you know, there's gonna there's gonna be a, a like you said a lien put on it or something mm-hmm. like that, and I inherit it now. I'm on the hook for it, correct? Yeah, for the debts and the mortgages, definitely. You know, if if that if the person who granted the life estate takes out debts on that property, uh, the what we call the remaindermen, their beneficiaries of the property, can be subject to those debts on the property, and that can be a huge financial burden. 
uh, you know, versus a trust. If you tie to an individually, we can better account for those type of things. And that's something to talk with your planner and your advisor that, hey, before you take out that loan or lien, here's what can happen, you know, down the road. So, Would you say that one of the benefits and cons of a trust is that it's it's spelled out like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to work around certain things, which is great because you set it the way you want it. Yep. But at the same time, someone is like, well, gosh, I kind of feel like I'm put into a box a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. And I do find that. And so it takes some time. This isn't just we're going to sit down for an hour and draft these things out. Uh, you know, the client to me are going to become pretty good friends and we're going to you know deal with the land. Um, and we're really going to spell this out. But I, I do get that. It's a little hesitation and it, and it takes some thinking you know, maybe a weekend together with your spouse or yourself just to say, hey, do I want to do this? Do I want to put this in this irrevocable thing that's going to become its own entity and control my land? Is this what I want for my family legacy, for my legacy or for my children or whatever you want to, you know, whatever your goal is, uh, that's the most important part. What is your goal? Another question coming in at 35270, that is our I Consultants of North Dakota Text Club says, how about putting property in a holding company? Um, I'm not sure about that. I mean, if you say a holding company, uh, I guess I would need a little more details on that. Um, I guess that would be like an escrow or somebody where a third party holds it. And theoretically, yeah, um, that might protect against asset protection or Medicaid recovery. Um, more commonly you see them create like a family business, you know, incorporate or an LLP. You see a lot of family LLPs here in North Dakota. Uh, we're protected that way. So it's kind of like a business structure at that point. It's not really your asset. It's its own living business. So. This is Trust Talk on KFGO with attorney Brandon Erickson of O'Keefe O'Brien Leeson Attorneys. We'll continue to take your questions when we come back. You can text in now to 35270 or you can give us a call at 237-5948. This is Trust Talk. Attorney Brandon Erickson on the air with us from O'Keefe O'Brien Leeson Attorneys. Uh, this is a good question. Do I still need a power of attorney? I'm sure they're talking about if they have one of these trusts or yeah. life estates, do you still need a power of attorney? Yeah, absolutely. Power of attorneys are, are indispensable documents while you're alive but incapacitated or as you get older. Uh, they can really help your loved ones step in and take care of everyday financial affairs, utilities, bills, DMV, paperwork, etc., just in case, you know, you, you see the thing where sometimes you got to get a guardianship at court just to deal with utilities or a simple paperwork transfer at the bank, and the power of attorney can prevent all that. So, yeah, yeah that's I, a really important one. I heard an anecdotal story once of someone who was trying to cancel Netflix. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, well, it took us five months to actually get Netflix canceled for yeah. a dead relative. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. They've all got their review documents with POAs, too. Um, someone says, what property can't go into a living trust? Um, really everything can go into a living trust in one way or another. Um, you know, there's a common example I use about these trust buckets and you want every, all your property into it. I don't typically advise like your cars and, and utility vehicles and things like that go in there cause those change so often. Um, but the trust can be the beneficiary of life insurance accounts of retirement accounts. It can own college savings account. It can own your checking account. It can own your savings account. It's either the owner or the beneficiary of pretty much every account you can think of. It can own stocks, all sorts of stuff. Uh, here's another question. In Minnesota, is there an advantage between irrevocable living trust versus a will? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the will the will is going to go through the probate process, and that's going to be subject. Everything in probate is going to be, we have to notify the state of Minnesota, hey, you know, do you have a claim against the state? We have to notify all your creditors. It's all open record. It's public record. It's a long, drawn-out process. Minnesota doesn't issue 
authority to your executor until after, you know, all that stuff is done. Um, the trust is a in basic revocable trust is avoiding all that. And then the irrevocable trust give much more state tax and Medicaid and all sorts of planning type of things. It's much more complex and better. Are you setting up a trust if you are the, you know, if you're the sole survivor in a marriage, let's say. So like if you and a partner are there, do you still set up a trust or do you say, well, you know, Gladys is going to get everything and then she can take care of it after that? Yeah, I, I find what we call like the blended marriage or if you're going on to your second marriage or something is really important. If you've got, you know, family property that you want to go to your your biological children, but maybe you want to provide for your second spouse at that time, you can say, hey, I want to give him or her, you know, this income while they're alive, but I want the land to go to my biological children. I think every, pretty much everybody understands that family farm should stay in the family farm in the family name. Um, but you can still through a trust plan, hey, here's your monthly income. And the trust will pay you this monthly rental check or quarterly or annually, whatever you want to set it up as. How how in depth can a trust be to the point of saying like, well, she's allowed to live in the house until she dies, but the house is going to revert to my children. Uh, they they can get really complex. Um, you know, we get a lot with lake homes. You know, people mm. wanting to do stuff like that. Um, you know, and, and that's really I sit down with the clients and meet with them, and they discuss their wishes and their intent. Um, and then, you know, my kind of final advice is don't try to make everyone happy because you'll make no one happy. Um, you really want to plan for yourself and plan for right now. You know, maybe if you got one kid living in Florida, has no interest in the farm, don't make them a 50% owner in the farm. Um, make the kid who stayed back owner of the farm and give that other kid cash or a life insurance policy or figure some or retirement account or something like that. You know, that, that farmland may be important to one kid and not so much the other kid who's been back to working on it. So, yeah. Okay, let's tell people how they can get a hold of you. Hopefully we've inspired them to think about these things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then come in and talk to you. You're not, sure. you won't be scary. And, no, and no, no. you know it's a process and yeah. you don't have to have everything ready when you come and sit down with you. Yeah, there's no, there's no consult fee ever for the first appointment with me. We'll sit and draft and, and think about what ideas you want. Uh, so you can reach us at O'KeefeAttorneys.com. It's O-K-E-E-F-F-E is O'Keefe. Um, we're downtown on corner Main and 8th and give us a call 701-235-8000. Um, you know, ask for me and Sandy and me, we'll sit down and talk with you, give you a cup of coffee and we'll kind of sat for, uh, sit for the first hour and, and discuss what you want to do with your legacy. Fantastic. All right. If you missed any of this, it will be podcast at kfgo.com. You can find the trust talk section. Brandon's got all these episodes there, so you can get a bunch of questions answered even before you go and sit in his office. Yeah. <laughs> nice to see you guys again. Thanks. <laughs>